podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Hey, everyone. Um, Welcome back to Stash and Burn. Uh, This is our February episode, episode 147, and we are still without Jenny. Jenny is still on maternity leave with Hugo. Uh, things are going great at home. We texted last night. She said she's, other than sleep deprivation, things are going fantastic. And um, I actually should see her pretty soon for Matilda's birthday, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Today, though, I uh, brought on a co-host of long-time, listen- long-time listener, Deborah, who is Goldie Girl. You've probably heard us reference her before on the podcast. She, it turns out, has been with us listening since episode one of Sash and Burn, which is amazing. Um, and I want to say, so I think our first episode was at the end of January 2007. So that was eight years ago. And although I feel like I've known Deborah for eight years, this is the first time we're seeing each other face to face today over Skype. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you. It's uh, my honor to be here, truly. Um, I'm excited to have her here. As I said, she's a long-term listener, but long time. Why am I saying long-term? Long-time listener. But um, she's also been the shepherdess over in our vestuary thread. So we're going to talk about vests and vestuary a little bit later, but we're just going to start out like we always do, talking about what we've recently finished. Um, and I can see, some more on Skype, that you are wearing one of the things you recently yeah. finished. Yeah, these are um, Modern Mangas, which are colorwork arm warmers by Mags Candice. They're in the book uh, Gifted, which um, is a really cute little book, little projects of things, not necessarily garments. Like there's a really cute felted double point needle case Mm -hmm. that um, I think would make a great gift for a knitter. I've wanted to knit these for a really long time. I bought the yarn initially for a colorwork bag. Mm -hmm. Um, What is the yarn? It's Cascade 220, most (laughs) of it. Yeah. Um, It was for a felted bag that I bought, I think, in 2007 or 8. And it's been sitting in my stash. And I still want to knit that bag, but these just, I just felt the need for color work. So, yeah, I love them. It's funny. I initially thought. When I saw them, I thought thought of your composed mitts. It was the first thing that it made me think of. (laughs) I love those too. Those are my favorite. I don't know. Color work on the hands is so great because you can see it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're wearing a, something on your head or maybe a color work sweater, you don't get to see it. But I really enjoy being able to see these. So um, I didn't think I would wear them, which I, I think is what was holding me back from mm-hmm. knitting them all these years. Like, oh, they're kind of weird. What would I wear them with? But I, I've been wearing them a lot. Yeah. Especially well, since my office is really cold. And then if you want to just Take them off. And they're actually good with a vest. <laughs> kind of like, I'm sure people are looking kind of, at me like, why don't you just connect them? And you'll a make sweater. a sweater. But uh, yeah, love them. They look great. So yeah, I, it's funny you say that you can see them all the time because I, my first thought was, well, why don't I just make a colorwork sweater where you have sleeves? But I think if you work in an office or you know with heating or depending on where you live, wearing a big full colorwork sweater is a commitment to warmth. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's not as versatile, certainly. But they're just kind of, they're just kind of fun. And the other thing I finished was for the um, January hat uh, knit along with woolly worm head patterns was Mm -hmm. the Quinn hat, which I love. This was some leftover um, Noro Kosheron, Mm -hmm. which is an Angora wool blend. It's Aran weight. So I just 
Yeah, it looks impossibly small to knit on, to fit on any baby, but <laughs> I think it will fit. Uh, yeah, my uh, Quinn hat that I knit for Adrian had a second life, um, and it's it's such a great. It's so clever as you're knitting it. You can't believe it. I'm like, it's this simple. And I can't tell you what you do. Like, I can't remember at this point, but I know it's increases and decreases. And all of a sudden you have ear flaps, you know, and it's just, it's so great. And what um, Wooly is able to do with simple things like texture and make them look totally different. is always impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, amazing. And it looks incredibly cute on a baby, especially. And I mean, I, that yarn is amazing. I am. Um, I've never knit with Corcheron, but it just, the halo that the Angora gives it is just, it makes it ethereal. Yeah. They were left over actually from these mittens that I just mm. pulled out of my mitten drawer. Um, they make great mittens, anything with Angora. I love it. And it's a limited place for Angora and not in a sweater and a big, something bigger. I think Angora does well in a smaller, tightly knit project. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't shed at all. At least with this yarn, that's great. I don't think I've ever knit with any other Angora, but it doesn't go anywhere. Um, unfortunately, it's discontinued. Oh, I know that. It seems like Noro yarns come in and out of existence. Uh, they had a great yarn called Retro that was a wool silk blend. That I I swear it came out it it came into my uh, knowledge base and was discontinued before I ever got on any. It was I had seen it once. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I'd love to make a sweater out of this someday, and then was gone. Yeah. Well, I guess that's going to happen right? many times in our yeah. knitting careers. And it's probably okay to let that idea go. Yeah. So that's all I've uh, finished actually since the first of the year, which this is why I could never be a podcaster because it would be the most boring podcast ever. I'm a monogamous knitter and I don't finish things, you know, quickly. So I'm having a, a real knitting renaissance. I had had what felt like a slow year. I did knit a lot of projects last year, but I don't think I was, it just didn't feel like it. I got stuck a lot and re-knit things. So this year I've been knitting a lot. Since I last recorded, I finished the Arkanoid hat, which I talked about on the last pat podcast, a woolly warm head pat pattern that, again, it's plays with texture. And I used a variegated fingering weight yarn. And it looks fantastic. I love it. Really does. I love fingering weight or uh, variegated yarn and garter stitch. It's just uh, it's the thing to do if you are stuck with something. Yeah, I'm not drawn to variegated yarn usually, and actually, I don't have much in my stash. I think I only have like one skein of a DK weight yarn. But I saw that hat, the Arkanoid that you knit, and I thought I have to get me some variegated yarn. <laughs> well, it's great. Like if you go to a, a fiber festival, like you get to go to Maryland Sheep and Wool, you could. That this is a great time where you can pick up that one skein of really pretty variegated yarn and not feel like, ugh, this is just going to sit in my stash forever. Right. Yeah. No, I would totally make that and wear it. Um, and then I finished, I made a Milo vest, um, which I also talked about on the last episode, in this amazing, unphotographable, neon pink magenta colorway of Koigo, Koigu Kirsty, which is a beautiful yarn. It's such a plump, um, it's, it's a DK weight. It's plump and I untwisted it. It looks like a cable spun, so I don't really understand this yarn. It looks cable spun, but when I unspun it, like it just looked like the strand. So I don't, I don't know enough about spinning hmm. to know how it looks the way it does. But it's, it's got a really lovely texture, and it was really well received. The mom to be is a knitter, so she was very excited. And I get she's a librarian, and I gave it to her at a meeting with a bunch of librarians, and it was like some crazy skit from a 
comedy show of like knitting librarians looking at knitting from Portlandia. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we were too enthusiastic. So wait, wanna... Go ahead. That... What size did you make in the Milo? Because I think this is I think this is the one that you've always talked about being so versatile for kids because they can wear it as a vest mm-hmm. or as like a dress or a tunic and then they can wear it as a vest. Is it's, this the one? It is. It's much more, you know, um, I had not knit this one before. Jenny had, and I think that's what her take is. But um, I knit the nine-month size. This baby's to be born in March. And so I figured early on it could be like a long... And a girl, like, it could be, like, a long dress early on because it, it's kind of – it just goes up and down. The the one that I think works really well as a top and um, and then a vest is Little Sister's Dress. Um, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking And of. that's more of an A-line. So that gives you, like, diaper room. And then as they get older, you know, you can put it over a pair of pants and wear it that way. And my niece, um, who I made that for definitely wore it barely as an infant because her mom put, it was one of those things where her mom put it aside when she was born. And then she was like, Oh my God, my baby got so big. I have to put it on her as a dress. But then like a year later, sent me a picture of her wearing it as a top. Um, but I think you could pull off the same thing with the Milo vest and for both, you know, I think for boys, it might be more difficult because you you don't typically wear a tunic length thing. But if it was a little shorter, you could get away with it as a as a top versus like a, a longer top. Yeah, um, no, it's a cute design. I I think in an adult size, it would be cute. It, I, think I would so wear too. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's I a little waist shaping. One of my early knits is from Nitty, and I I'm blanking on the name. It was called like something Cherry, the original design. Blue Cherry. Well, mine was called Blue Cherry because I knitted oh, in that right. crazy blue color of uh, mohair and alpaca. But the uh, the original one is called Something Cherry, and it has a similar construction where you knit it from the top down and then you bind off under the arms essentially to create the armholes. I think Shalom is kind of constructed that way, the Shalom mm-hmm. cardigan. Yeah. Um, or even the February lady sweater. They all have a like a way that you could adapt it to be essentially this Milo pattern. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think it's really cute. And I underestimate garter stitch all the time. I don't know why. I think because to me, it doesn't always look great in photos, but it looks great in person or when it's in a finished object versus when you're knitting it, maybe. I don't know. But I always underestimate garter stitch until I see the finished object. and I'm like, wow, this is a miracle stitch. There's something about it. It really gives some nice texture. I I'm, you know, have a current fascination with it. Um, and then I've knit two hats for the February hat knit along. I knit for Alex Tinsley. I knit um, the Rocket Pop hat, which is this cute cable hat that uses three different color yarns. Um, and I've always been hesitant about using different color yarns with cables, but it looks great. It's really fun. It took uh, three days for me to knit, and I'm not a really fast knitter, and I just zoomed through it. Um, and I made a nice big pom-pom for the top. Who's that for? I don't know. It's just going in a giant hat box right now. They're all just going in a hat box. I'm surprised Adrian didn't claim that. It's just true. He is right now in this, uh, he's claimed some other of my hats. And he right now has claimed a woolly wormhead hat called Chunkini, which is a reverse stockinette beanie um, that I had knit for myself. And uh, he's now been wearing that one. So, um and then the other hat I knit was the fructose hat, um, also from Alex Tinsley from her Sweet Tooth collection. 
And this hat gave me like such trouble, which is ridiculous because it's ribbing and stockinette and reverse stockinette. Those are the only things you need to do. But for some reason, I had to start it over twice. Once because I thought that the cast on was messy. The other time, I pulled it out of my bag. And when I pulled it out of my bag, the needles came off. Oh, and no. the stitches dropped down at the... um at the join and so it just opened up like it was just there was no saving it so I had to start over again and then I didn't follow the directions for the centerpiece and I thought it was all garter stitch but it wasn't garter stitch it was something else so I I thought oh I I could live with it and then I thought well I want to knit it to the pattern so I did and then you pull it off the needles and it's really misshapen because it's ribbed and then this like band in the center that's stockinette and reverse stockinette and then it's ribbed more so it's this really misshapen hat and you put on the hat, your head, and it's super cute. Like it's it's adorable. Yeah, there are a lot of hats that don't look very good flat. No, I was, I, yeah. I was going to photograph, and I was like, I gotta figure out how to take a picture of my of this on a head. Otherwise, it's just no one's going to get how cute it is. And that you need hat, a selfie pole. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I see people with those all the time now, and I. Yeah. That's made for a knitter. I, I do have a small desktop tripod that actually I got nice. for, for Adrian for Christmas. Uh, because he was trying to figure out how to make movies without, um, basically, he wanted me or my husband to hold the camera so he could make a movie. And I was like, "Here you go. Here's a tripod." <laughs> uh, but that's also good for uh, posing with your clothes, just to quickly. Um, and that hat, I think I'm I'm going to save in a charity, um, some sort of either gathering hats for an end of the year charity or for a friend of mine who collects stuff for charity. So. That's what has been knit. Um, what are you working on right now? I'm working on my project for vestuary, which is uh, the Tilly. It's not, I wouldn't, it's probably classified as a shrug or a bolero, but mm-hmm. to me, anything that doesn't have sleeves is a vest <laughs> that you wear over something else is a vest or a vest like garment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's by Pam Allen uh, in the Home Collection, which was recently published. And that's one of those books. I remember on a, a really old podcast, you and Jenny talking about books you'd like to live in. Uh-huh. And I think Weekend Knitting was one of them. I remember Jenny saying something about how she needed that cashmere cardigan when mm-hmm. she milked the cows. <laughs> <laughs> but Home is another one of those books that it's just very calm, you know, setting and you know, very serene colors. I'd mm-hmm. love to live in that. But I want to knit a couple of other things from that book. But Tilly is... Um, when I'm knitting and it's got a lot of twisted stitches, it's huge. Can you see this? Yeah. It's so a that lot is... of fabric. Yeah. It's basically like knitting an entire sweater, but I'm almost done with that. There's some finishing that needs to be done. I still can't quite wrap my mind around how it gets put together in the end, but <laughs> kind of like the baby surprise jacket. Have you made that? Some... No. <laughs> oh, that's, it's all garter stitch. But one of the things is you're knitting it and you're like, I do not understand how this is going to become a sweater. Yeah, no, that's on my bucket list, but I haven't done that one yet. And then I'm knitting a pair of socks for my husband, which um, I knit these a while ago. It's, I think, Hayuma Mates. I think that's how you say it. Um, It's a pattern by Nancy Bush. So they're mismatched striped socks. I love these socks. I've always loved this this, uh, pattern. I knit these years ago, and I forget what this yarn is, but it's lasted really, really well. These must be at least seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. So he asked me if I could knit him another pair, and he specified the colors. He wants red and gray. Oh, lovely. So I have the first one done, and the second one is just at the 
at the ribbing. And it's one, um, one has more stripe. It's, they're both gray different on red, patterns, but, but different for, stripe for patterns. For each sock. So that'll be the second stock, second stock. And you'll do the main color red and just a few gray yeah. stripes? Yes. Yeah. I mean, now that there's self-striping yarn, this is kind of what I call labor of love. Yes. He doesn't ask for much in the way of knitted stuff. He loves his socks, so I'm glad to oblige. Yeah. Um, and then I'm knitting a shawl from some yarn that um, I got from another Stash and Burn listener, Prairie Poppins, for the pre-holiday swap. Oh, yeah. What is it? Did. It's um, it's a local to her. Oh, beautiful. Alpaca. Um yeah, it was really fun to get yarn from someone who you kind of know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had put out, you know, kind of our preferences and colors that we didn't like and yarn weights that we like to work with. And this is, is not something I would pick out if I went into a yarn store, but mm-hmm. I love it. And I'm knitting the Elder Tree shawl, which is similar to a pattern that she had suggested when she sent the yarn. And it doesn't look like much now. Obviously, it needs to be blocked out. But... um. That's it. Three's my limit. So this is reminding me of two things. One, I want to congratulate Sarah Prairie Poppins. She won a a design contest that was being sponsored through the Playful A Playful Day podcast uh, for a cowl pattern that is really adorable. And I want to thank I I I think uh, the Sash and Burn group really did something to her the votes. I mean, I think her design was my favorite. Anyway, easily, I was like, oh, this is absolutely something I'd want to knit. But um, she put it on our boards, and it, um, and she had far and away the most votes. Um, so uh, yeah, well-deserved. Well-deserved, a really great design. Yeah, it's um, like a plaid, a plaid design. Mm-hmm. I can't, again, wrap my mind around that. I, I don't have a design cell in my body. <laughs> I just follow other people's great patterns and maybe tweak them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So hats off to anyone in the design field, but. So you're knitting a shawl. I'm curious. I have been going through this stage with my shawls of realizing shawls and scarves, how difficult or they are for me to wear. And I'm curious if you wear, how you wear shawls and if it's a regular part of your wardrobe. Absolutely. I wear a lot of shawls. I wear them as scarves. Um, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily, I have a couple of what I would term stoles that are mm-hmm. more rectangular that hang down. And those I might just drape over my shoulders for warmth. Um, but the, you know, triangular shawls and shawlettes, I wear them kind of like what you're wearing now. Is that tied? Do you no, have a tied in the back? No, this is, this is. Oh, that, that's uh, all in one piece. This is all Sorry. one piece. It's a cowl. It's um very famous and the name is escaping right now. Oh, uh, Zuzu's Petals. Mm-hmm. It's Karina Spencer. And I wear it all the time. And uh, yeah, I, I've been thinking actually about knitting more cowls that are shaped like this, but there's not a lot of cowls that have, um, have the point. Um, well, could you just like take a shawl pattern and seam it? I could, but again, that design cell that you're talking about, like (laughs) sometimes I just think, how am I, how would I even do that? I guess I could literally just sew it. Right. (laughs) Right. That's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. But I was thinking, is there a way to get the ends to be blunt so I could kitchener them together so it would just hang together. Um, but yes, I love the idea of the triangular shape in the front. But um, for me, I feel like the shawls are always slipping off. Um, and Or I make them you know, with a single skein of sock yarn so they're not quite huge enough to tie in a way that is going to keep them on. 
Yeah, I found that the bigger the triangular shawls are, I think I'm moving away from the one skein of of fingering yarn mm -hmm. shawlette because they don't stay on properly unless you can secure them with a, a like a shawl pin mm -hmm. or any kind of pin for that matter. I do that sometimes mm -hmm. um, with the ones that won't stay put. But um, I like now the really kind of oversized shawls because you can wrap them around. Um, I did Line Break by Vera Valamaki mm -hmm. last year, and that's a really generously sized shawl that you can kind of wrap around and I don't know, there's a certain amount of playing that you have to do with it, mm -hmm. but that's whole part of the whole thing. You know, it gives me something to do during the day, rearrange, <laughs> shawl. rearrange my shawl. But I wear, I wear scarves and shawls as scarves almost all the time in the, in the cooler weather. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I almost always have something like this or a scarf or a shawl uh, because if I, even if I don't need anything else, like this is, if I wear this during the day, walking around in my library, you know, this is the extra layer of warmth that I need most of the time in a room right. full of 150 teenagers. <laughs> so, um, I am working on two things. I'm working on a vest for vestuary. I'm working on, um, I talked, I think I talked about this on the last episode that I was going to try to mash up a couple of patterns uh, one is Togue Pond by Pam Allen. Um, that's a it's like a tank top that's knit in an Aran weight linen yarn. And then I took some design elements from the Sandy top or vest by Hannah Fettig, and I'm knitting it in. You can't really. It's um a beautiful yeah, like brown, brown, a beautiful brown from Madeline Tosh called Twig, and I, I incorporated from. From the sandy pattern, I'm using garter stitch instead of ribbing. Um, I sized it up a little bit so it could be a little oversized, and I took the ribbing that they have on the side seams in sandy um, and incorporated that. But other than that, it's a little bit more like toe pawn. I, I don't want the neckline to be as low. I wanted to have a high-low front-back situation, so I did that. But now I'm in the miles of stockinette before I get to the top the you know to the top of this vest and it's kind of killing me like <laughs> I, I managed to knit a couple inches last night but it's it's just stuck in it stuck in it occasionally interrupted by this these 10 stitches of garter on the either side so um I yeah, I'd like to try to get it done in February so I'm trying to plug away a little bit every day on that I and think the, that's going to be nice. How how much ease did you end up putting into it? I think that at the bottom, so it'll have a, it won't be quite as easy, easy at the bottom. Um, it'll be like four inches probably around my hips. But then at the top, I, I think I'm, the way that I'm actually reducing it a little bit, it's going to be a little bit of an A-line so that it has ease at the top as well. I think I'm trying to get it to be about four inches in general. And see how I feel about four inches of positive ease before I go into the full oversized sweater. I was looking at some some sweaters that are oversized that have like 12 inches of positive ease. And I just think that I would swim in that. So I'm dipping my toe in oversize. <laughs> There's some thinking I need to do as far as separating the fronts and the backs because I'm going to try to keep this garter stitch edging um, along the, the, the sleeve or you know, the armhole. And not have to do that later, so we'll see. And I'm, I, I think I have plenty of yarn, but I'm not right now. Uh, I'm just not even looking at how much yarn I have, and <laughs> we'll just 
pretend it's going to work out. Um, So that's one thing. And the other thing I'm working on is another hat, which is um, Jessica Rose from the Double Knit Podcast um, released a pattern recipe for a helix stripe hat. And I'm just using leftovers, three different colors of leftovers, um, some turquoise from the um, dogwood blanket um, that I knit last summer, some Malabrigo Rios in Cumparacita that's left over from this cowl that I made, and uh, Malabrigo Rios in Sunset from this cowl that I'm wearing, actually. Yeah, I thought it was the same. Those <laughs> and are stash and burn colors. This is a totally, yeah, this is a very stash and burn hat. So um, this is really fun. I've never done helix knitting. I feel like it's a, a color work that I can really wrap my head around because it's very straightforward. Uh, when I read the directions, I was like, how does that work? And as soon as I started doing it, it made total sense. I oh, said, wait, what is helix without giving away the pattern? What is helix knitting? Is it not just stripes? It is stripes, but it's half row stripes. So oh. the stripes actually meet up on subsequent rows. So you knit half a row in red and then you pick up the yellow because the yellow is sitting there. And then you knit half a row in the yellow and you pick up the blue. And then where the yellow has left off on the next row, it kind of makes it makes a spiral, essentially. Okay. Um, but it's very subtle and it actually works, I think, nicer. Um, it's a free pattern, um, so everyone should go download it. It makes a nicer join in a way than when you have stripes that you're trying to get to match at the at the round. Because right. which they, is impossible. Which is impossible. So these kind of great, gradually join up so you don't see a, a line break the way you do on um, other hats in the round. I did somehow get off pattern at one point. So I have this, it's supposed to go yellow, blue, red, yellow, blue, red. And then I have blue, red, blue, yellow, red, blue. So I somehow switched the order. I don't think it's a big deal. Um, no one's going to notice that. No one's going to notice that. But yeah, Maybe Jessica Rose. But I spent a lot of time last night trying to figure out how I got off pattern. Like I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it and I'm... The physics of it will never be apparent to me, but it's really a great way to use scraps. I will, I'm will. i accounting very carefully for how many grams of each um, ball I'm using, so I'll have a good accounting of, um, of what it takes to knit one of these. Um, so that's what's currently on the needles. I've been thinking about what's coming next, and I actually thought I would knit, start to knit another hat because I'll have some, probably have time at the end of February, but... Um, talking about cowls, what I think I need is more cowls. And I think I could probably this, I will have knit five hats already this year. I can probably take a little bit of a break from hats to knit myself a cowl. Um, I have some Malabrigo, black Malabrigo twist. And I think a black cowl as um, not as exciting, it won't be very exciting to knit, but it'll be worn all the time. I know I've been finding, I need something, a black scarf or something. And Mm -hmm. I think the same thing. Well, that's kind of boring, but it's a need in my wardrobe. Right. Yeah. So have you figured out any patterns? I mean, I thought I would just, I had been thinking I would just do the um, bandana cowl from Pearl Soho. I've knit it before. I think the thing I might change up is to knit it in reverse stockinette or knit it in, in stockinette and wear it reverse. So, you know, somehow finish it so that it's wear it worn reversible. And then it would go with the chunkini hat that Adrian has stolen from me. And I had already knit a pair of mitts that are in reverse stockinette. So I'd have actually a set of matching <laughs> accessories, which has never happened before. <laughs> so um, in 12, 13 years of knitting, I've never <laughs> managed to get three 
pieces to match, but I might just do that or I might look uh, for something, maybe experiment with the idea of a something like Zuzu's petals with a different stitch pattern. So that's uh, one thing I'm thinking about for the, the end of this month. Um, I see you have a few things that you have been looking at. Yeah, well, for the, the next hat I want to knit, and part of this is because I'm going to Maryland Sheep and Wool in the beginning of May, and last year I bought a skein of uh, a Green Mountain spinnery yarn called Maine Organic to mm -hmm. test out for a sweater for my husband, and he wants something natural, and so I thought rather than, you know, before I get the skein, the whole sweater's worth of yarn, when he's not there, I took home a skein of it in a kind of a, I think they call it dark, it's kind of a natural mm -hmm. brown color. And I'm going to knit him the Agathis hat, mm -hmm. which is a pattern by Agatha Smectala. Mm -hmm. I'm not butchering that name. But it's really handsome, um, cabled, slouchy. Well, it can be done slouchy or beanie. He wants a slouchy style. So I'm going to knit that for him. Um, there's a new pattern that just came out, I think, that I'm slightly obsessed with called the Buckham Cardigan by Pamela Wynn. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a fitted, kind of a jacket style, and it's got a thick band of garter. Um, it's almost a lapel. It's not a separate piece, but it's knit into the front of the cardigan so that it looks like a lapel of a, of a jacket. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's on my list of maybe something in a, it's done, I think in a cotton wool blend which for here, I'm in Maryland, would be a great, uh, you know, spring, spring piece to have. There's also a pattern called the Uniform Build Your Own Cardigan. It's a pattern by Carrie Bostic Hodge that has pockets, which I know is a stash and burn favorite. It's just a simple V-neck cardigan that's got some garter, um, garter stitch accents on it around the pockets and I think around the hem. It feels um it feels similar to the Buckham cardigan um as far as the the lapel that it looks like I'm looking at yeah. right, right now I'm looking at Pam Wynn's sweater and curious about how that garter stitch is actually oh it's part of the button band. Wow. That's a really interesting way. It's like a shawl collar without the shawl part. Right. Or without the collar part. <laughs> One of them. It's about the without the collar part. That's it. But you think it's knit separately? To me, it looked like it would be knit. I guess it would have no, to be it's, knit separately. It's knit separately. It's, it's knit on like the button band, I bet you, with some short rowing because it's knit vertically. The the garter stitch is going the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, See, this is why I'm not a designer. <laughs> I just read the directions. Um, so those are some things I've been thinking about. And then uh, your last podcast got me thinking about some sweater maintenance I have mm -hmm. to do. I have a couple of cardigans where the buttons are too small, which is the most annoying thing ever because it won't stay buttoned. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to find and replace buttons on a couple of cardigans and finish the neckline on. I knit Lila, which is mm -hmm. another Carrie Bostic Hodge, um, a pullover. And I didn't like how the neckline came out. So I have to re-knit that. I've been wearing it now just with a scarf around, around the neckline because the neckline's unfinished. So it's time to take care of that. How about you? Anything else here? Well, I'm, I'm doing this effort to 
stash down any sweat, sweater quantities that I have or the bigger quantities of yarn in my stash because I want to be able to, when I see a pattern that I'm attracted to, be able to go and get the appropriate yarn for it as opposed to like trying to shove a yarn that I already have into into an, an existing pattern. Um, and so to that end, I actually just uh, gave away two lots of sweater yarn to Stash and Burn listeners. Um, I, you will never have to hear me talk again about the Donegal, Donegal Tweed. Tweed. <laughs> yes. The Donegal Tweed that had so many lives. I bought it for a sweater for John, never used it. Tried to knit it into a sweater for my dad, like made pretty significant progress. I knit a, the back and a front of that sweater and gave up. And then I actually cast on for my brother's sweater also in this Donegal Tweed and just realized I did not love this yarn. I wasn't going to be happy with it in any – there was nothing that was going to make me happy with it. I skeined it all up, balled it all up, folded up the knit pieces. They were actually – some of them were partially machine knit. Some of them were partially hand knit. And a long-term listener who was coming down for stitches this week met me on Monday and is taking it home with her. And then the other yarn you will never have to hear about from me again is the Bodega Pastures. Uh, it's a beautiful yarn, but it was just not a yarn that I was going to be able to knit a sweater out of. It didn't make a lot of sense for me. So uh, a listener paid for shipping to have it sent to her. And so I'm down two sweater quantities of yarn, but I want to concentrate on the sweater quantities of yarn that I do want to knit. And so I've been thinking about some silky wool that I bought last summer. I have four skeins, which is just shy of 800 yards. And I bought it with the idea of making, originally of making a cropped cardigan. And I had some ideas for that. And I was texting with Jenny this last week or the week before, and she suggested making some sort of top that was like, maybe like a little bit of a boxy top with short sleeves. And I actually think there's something to that. I really love the pullover sweater that I made last year, the Papillon. And it might be nice, especially in silky wool, which is a nice uh, weight combo, to do something like that. And I looked at a couple of things. One thing, one sweater I love, which is very different, but conceptually the same, is Hohe Locatelli's Japan Sleeves, which is a, has lace panels on the arms and then um, is a dolman-style knit. Yes, it's knit from side to side, I believe. No, it's not. It's knit in stripes down. So it's knit from the sleeves down. So I think the construction is something that is what I'm looking for. I'm not in love with her lace panel. The lace panel I really love is from a sweater called the Camellia Tea by Play Sweet Music Design. And I love the lace panel, but the construction is a raglan, top-down raglan, and it looks like one of those tops that has a really wide opening, which means it would, I feel like for me, would always be falling off my shoulders. So some combination of those two I really like. But again, it's that, do I have that design gene enough to figure out how to make it, you know, have the neck, have the right kind of scoop, and and the, the make sure that the sleeves are at a reasonable at a length that I'm going to like. So there's lots of ideas in there. I thought about knitting the lace panels and then kind of doing like a top-down um, saddle shoulder in a dolman style, seeing if I could somehow fake it. I don't know. But I really well, want to... you're much better at the mashup than I am. I, I will see if um, something speaks to me after I finish my vest. That The idea of having one bigger quantity of yarn project going is, I think, good for me because then I can sort of 
work down that part of my stash and not just be doing like hat after hat after hat, which is, there's definitely an appeal of that for me, but I like having the garments. Yeah. Do you have enough yarn for that? I think so. What color is your silky wool? I love silky wool, by the way. I have two cardigans in silky wool and it's great year, for here year round mm-hmm. um, well not summertime we don't wear sweaters here in the summer ever <laughs> it's a little yeah you'd be a little sticky no um, um it's I think for my size I can make a cardigan like I made a, an air and weight cardigan a, a bigger cart like long sleeve cardigan in less than 800 yards so I feel like for a short sleeve t-shirt um, I could probably do that in 800 yards fairly easily. And especially if I wanted to be drapey and knit it at a larger gauge. Um, but um, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> it's yeah, I a think purple. a t-shirt. Go ahead. Uh-huh. I was going to say, I think a t-shirt style is, is good for silky wool. The thing about silky wool that I found is it doesn't have much of a memory. Mm-hmm. So ribbing um, okay. always stretches out. Okay, that's good to know. For yeah. me, I need to figure out how to sew the um, elastic thread into it to, to get tighten that, that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. more sweater maintenance. <laughs> could you, for something like that, um, I'm just I'm thinking about this because of a sewing project I'm working on, do something like a clear elastic to do like a little bit of shearing? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I just don't know. I mean, I guess I'd take a tapestry needle and thread it through on the wrong side of the ribbing and tie it. I was actually thinking of doing it on the surface of your sweater, taking a piece of, um, actually here, I, well, it's, there's, oh, it's right here. I can show you. Um, there's elastic that you can get that's clear, that's um, like a quarter inch thick. And you could maybe um, stretch it out and sew it down so that it brought it in and you wouldn't really see it on the inside because it's clear as opposed to weaving it, it, sew it on the surface of the inside of the sweater. Of the inside, right. Mm -hmm. Hmm. As opposed to trying to weave through some elastic through the the ribbing. I don't know. This just popped in my head because the next thing I'm doing with this dress that I'm sewing is, is shearing it with this elastic so it's on my it's on the top of my mind of something I'm doing so um so and then other than that I'm still you know thinking about hats and so I thought I would introduce our March hat knit along our designer for March is Katya Frankel and Katya has two collections of hat patterns um one of which I own it's her cabled hat collection and I love this. At one point, I was going to knit every hat. My idea was to knit every hat in it. I knit two of them. Uh, I knit the Iola hat and the Cecile hat. Both of them are kind of tan, slouchy hats. And I think this month, I'm going to try to knit either Romy and or Urbane, which are both from that collection. Um, and then I think they're both knit in DK weight yarn. And I have some single skeins of DK in my stash that I can use for that. Actually, two I have in mine. Um, what do you think about a darker yarn with cables? Like I have this beautiful brown, but I wonder if the cable texture or the cable pattern is going to really show up. Is it variegated at all or is it pretty solid? It's it's a little bit variegated, but it's, it's a, it's a really dark brown, deep brown. It's a gorgeous color. Actually, it's called thoroughbred. That gives you a context of what it might look like, but it's just deep chestnut-y, um, 
And I'm, I, I don't think know. it would work. Yeah. I mean, I've seen black cabled sweaters that you can see the design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love the cabled hat collection. She also has um, a collection called the textured hat collection that all of those hats are also speak to me. I love everything in that collection. And uh, there are a couple of patterns in particular in the textured hats, the dash and the Madison. So they're both mm -hmm. kind of beret styles that have different texture built in. I think, I forget which one is which, but one just has maybe a line of garter um, every so often kind of in, uh, well, to me, random places. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks great in a solid yarn. And then there's also one in there, um, Jewel Floats, which is done in a variegated yarn. So I think, and I'm terrible at, you know, figuring out what the engineering is or the design before I actually get the pattern, but it looks like maybe slip stitches. Um, mm -hmm. And another reason why I think I need some variegated yarn in my, in my uh, stash. So I'll be looking for that at Maryland Sheep and Wool for sure. She's also the author of Head to Toe Knit, uh, Kids Knit Accessories, um, which is a great collection that includes also mittens and um, cowls. Um, and I, I, I might sub in something from that collection. Um, and even though it says Kids Knit and Accessories, I think that it's a collection that you could easily upsize the yarn or upsize a number of the, the patterns in there to fit an adult. And I find like my big headed child and I wear the same size hat. So <laughs> I think I could probably knit a hat for myself that would fit both or, you know, something that would fit both of us. Yeah. She's got a lot. She's got a lot of really interesting designs. I've only knit, um, her ritzy hand warmer patterns. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of got a little ruching on them. And that was an interesting, uh, pattern. But one of the reasons I love this hat knit along mm -hmm. is focusing on one designer and as a group mm -hmm. and really kind of looking, you know, spending the month looking at all these different patterns and talking to people on the board about, you know, what strikes them. And it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. It's a great idea for a knit along. Oh, thanks. Yeah. We've, I've had a lot of um, listeners come out of lurking. Like I see new names on the board, which I love seeing people who are part of the group who have not participated before come out. Um, and so finding a new concept that speaks to, you know, a different group of people or, or some of our, I mean, it's definitely some of the, our, the core uh, people who uh, exist on our board are in there as well, but to see new names and to see everything people are knitting. I found with the Alex Tinsley hats, people knit things. I was like, that is so much cuter than I thought it was to see it in a different way. Um, and with it, Willie Worm had the same thing where things I would not have looked at or would have just my eyes jumped over and then you see it in the, a different yarn um, uh, with a different, slightly different texture or in variegation or in a plain yarn and it all of a sudden opens up your idea, your eyes to a different possibility. So um, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying it too. And um, Katya is, I've, since I got the cabled hat collection, which I want to say was back 2009 or 2010, I've um, wanted to get back to it. I knit those two hats really quickly, right when I think both of them, the summer after Adrian was born. Um, so I'm happy to get back to that. And she actually had knit, or she had designed a pattern that I knit the Bracken vest, which we'll talk about in our vest segment in a, in a couple minutes. But I wanted to say that she will be offering again the 15%, 1, 5% discount from March 1st 
to March 15th, and the code is stash and burn. And uh, at the on March 1st, we'll draw some. I will draw some names, and we will have copies of her patterns. And actually, Cooperative Press has offered a couple of uh, copies of uh, digital copies of head to toe kid knit accessories. So we'll have those as prizes as well as we head into March for people to knit along with Katya's patterns. Um, so I'm excited. Thank you very much, Katya. And I want to thank, uh, again, thank Alex Tinsley. I think a lot of people were excited to get patterns of hers and to knit her patterns. So thank you for her participation in February. And we're looking forward to working on Katya's patterns in March. Um, but now let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about vests. Vests. Yeah, I mean, I think when, I mean, personally, when I think of knitting a garment, I always go to, okay, cardigan or pullover. And for me, it's always a cardigan. Mm -hmm. So I have a ton of cardigans in my wardrobe. And um, a few years ago, actually more than a few years ago, I think it was in 2009, Prairie Poppins, again, our friend, Mm -hmm. um, started uh, a celebration of the vest in vestuary, which Mm -hmm. was February. And, you know, got me interested in looking at patterns for vests. And I've only knit two, but I find they're a really versatile thing to have in your wardrobe because you can, I like to dress in layers. So it's just another layer that you can put on. Whereas if I put on a cardigan, you know, I always have it buttoned or buttoned most of the way. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of it. But a vest is just another layering piece that um, just provides interest to your outfit and can give you just enough warmth, especially in climates where a whole, you know, a sweater, a long sleeve sweater is going to be too warm. Um, and there are so many different styles out there that, you know, I think we, most people think of a vest as kind of the traditional, you know, V-neck vest, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, more of a, um, maybe what's the word I'm looking for? Unisex garment. Um, but there are so many styles out there now that, uh, Pretty much whatever your style is, there's a vest that would look great on you. Yeah, you actually broke down some of the styles. I thought this is a really interesting way. We talk about this a little bit. Yeah, so I looked at, I started with the bundle that you created for the vestuary uh, group, um, which, by the way, I kind of didn't know what a bundle was when you first started talking about them. They're great. It's just a collection of patterns. Um, And where you find it is on the Stash and Burn group board, there's uh, off to the right of the main group page, there are some links to the bundles and the the vests are one of them. So I looked at that and, you know, came up with a few different basic styles. Um, The first is something that's really fitted, almost like a Mm -hmm. tank top, but worn, worn over something, which is, I think, what makes it a vest. In fact, I did look up the definition of a vest, Mm -hmm. which is a garment. um, I think the classic definition is that it has an opening in the front and it's worn over something else. Um, But there are a lot of really cute tank styles that I could see over just a t-shirt in the warm weather um, that would be really cute. The trellis and keyhole tank, which is from a really old issue of Interweave Knits. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Bracken too, which is the vest that you knit. looks really cute over buttoned up over a t-shirt or a, a close fitting under garment. Yeah. And when I knit that, um, bracken, uh, I don't know, it fits well on the top, but I didn't have, it's not as fitted as it should be at the hem. And so I end up having 
the floating hem problem that Amy Herzog talks about, which in some cases are fine, but it, it creates this dissonance in that vest because it's really well fitted. And I've thought about a couple of solutions to that. One is the old fashioned, what I think of as like kind of the eighties fix, right? It's just making a clip in the back that brings it in, you know, like a tie. I could actually knit two ties and tie it or have something that brings it together. It's not tied, but some sort of brace. Um, and I've actually even thought about sewing it and creating just more shape right there. But I think I was going to say, could you sew darts into the back? And then when, then there'd be a little bulk there. Either way, there's going to be a little bit of bulk there. Yes, I did think about that too, but I thought if I folded and made the darts on the outside, essentially, so the bulk isn't on the inside of the vest, but on the outside of the vest, and then create something that just holds those two darts together. I think that might do it. I mean, the other thing is it didn't take very long to knit. I, I can't see myself to, I don't think that's going to happen. I was like, I could just knit it over again, but that's, I'm not doing that. So, but it's a really cute shape and it's very, um, it's like a waistcoat almost. Mm-hmm. Like something you could then wear, you wear it over something, but then you could wear something over that to kind of yeah. create a, uh, a layered look. Which is another benefit of the vest, because around here, at least, if I put on a sweater and then I put on my overcoat, mm-hmm. which I have to wear, that's a lot of bulk, depending mm-hmm. on what what I've got on underneath. But a vest doesn't, doesn't give you that bulk in the sleeves, which mm-hmm. is another really uncomfortable feeling to have mm-hmm. all that fabric, mm-hmm. not be able to bend your arms. <laughs> right. So. Um, so there's the, the tank style, the classic style, which again, I think is what most people think of, um, when they think of a vest, something that's either a pullover or buttons down the front, um, that's either plain or has some sort of texture, like I think probably most commonly cables. Mm-hmm. There's what I call for lack of a better term, the arty. Bohemian. Um, bohemian. That's a better word. Or free, I was like free, free people. Spirit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Free yeah. Free, free people, the brand. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. Something that's a um, little more unique in style. And that runs the gamut from, I mean, there are a lot of kind of very open, flowy styles. Cerulea's Laura vest is the one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But then there are also some different, um, like the ones that have shawl collars and that are ribbed with a shaped hem. Uh, there's one called Quirly, um, and I think the Ellis vest, if I'm not mistaken, is another one like that that's got some texture and, you know, just some interesting design that's not, it's kind of unexpected. Um, well, I, I would say your Tilly vest sort of falls in that. Maybe, yeah, something uh, unusual, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, that. The Tilly vest, I think, we'll see how it comes together. To me, it's kind of like um, a stole that's, seamed in a couple of places so that it doesn't fall off mm-hmm. so you have some place to anchor it to the body but yeah I think arty the arty or bohemian mm-hmm. category encompasses pretty much anything that doesn't fall into um, the more traditional categories uh, there's the sporty vest like the Estes vest that mm-hmm. I think we need a, a knit along for that I think there are <laughs> a lot of people on this board who would like to make that I like it in in a longer style maybe mm-hmm. with a zipper I could see that. Yeah, I'm so all that, about the zippers now. Yeah, now I know. that I've you done did it. A great job. <laughs> I'm, I'm great like, job. what else can I knit to put a zipper in? Um, and that could, would function more as an outerwear, you know, something that you'd wear to outside to keep warm. Mm-hmm. Um, the hiker's vest is another one that kind of fits that category uh, in name and in form. There's the t shirt as, as a vest. 
which mm-hmm. is like Sandy mm-hmm. and um, someone uh, on our in our vestuary group is knitting a boardwalk, which is a Heidi Kiermeyer pattern. I'm really drawn That's to that what, pattern. It's it's really nice. I can't wait to see her finish. She did it in red, and I uh, can't wait to see it on the body because I really like the pattern photo. I think it's just shown over a um, a button down shirt with a collar, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and my a uh, coworker of mine who listens to the podcast, Chrissy, um, she knitted in in hand spun, and it's it's beautiful, and it's one of those uh, vests I think is suits everybody. It's um, it's uh, simple enough in lines that I think it, it can accommodate all types of uh, bodies, but it has this beautiful interest at the neckline that really draws the eye to beautiful faces, right? You know, and the neckline itself, the construction is really interesting, the the texture there. So uh, that was definitely in the in consideration when I was going to do vestuary. Um, and then the final category is the wearable blanket. Yay! <laughs> vein is one of those. And um, Stella, which is a design in the home, Pam Allen's home collection. Mm-hmm. Kind of, again, like a big blanket that's sewn together under the arms so that it stays on. Um, yeah, Jenny has told me she uh, swatched for Padovane. Uh, she somehow managed to be able to swatch for Padovane in between not sleeping. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, so she's at Go least... Jenny. I know, she's trying to get on the uh, vestuary if only in swatch form. But um, yeah, that wearable blanket, I, I it appeals to me. I've never done it, really. Um, my wearable blankets are the cardigans that I wear. Like I've been wearing my um, Girl Friday cardigan. It's sort of my... I do pull this Mr. Rogers when I come home. I usually... This winter has been... Sorry, everybody else in the United States, but it's been an incredibly mild winter on the West Coast. So I've been wearing my campus jacket a lot. I'm trying to pull it over here as my outerwear. And then I pull that off when I come home and put on my uh, my Girl Friday as my wearable blanket. Um, just something with room and that's warm. Uh, but the powder vein is definitely in that category as well. I think that one needs to be belted, though. Powder vein? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the difficult part for me. I never, the belting is not a style that I go for. That's something to consider. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. It'll depend, depend on the context in which it's worn too. So do you have any vests in your wardrobe now that you wear not, on a regular basis? Not really. I have knit a handful um, that people have heard about the vest of rest, which just turned out to be a suit of armor. Um, it was, I made way too cropped. It was, the gauge was like super compacted. It's knit, it was knit in um, peace fleece. Like there's a number of factors that made that. And I just didn't, couldn't style it in the context of my wardrobe very well. For a long time, I wore this stripy vest. It was a bunch of leftovers of Cascade 220. Um, it's cute. It's it just random stripes. I had knit the pieces on the machine, assembled it, and then knit the, the, um, collar and the armhole and the ribbing all by hand. Um, it's very wearable. Uh, the colors are really lovely, but it's on the conservative side for my wardrobe. I think I tend to be in more in that t-shirt slash bohemian <laughs> sort of end of the, st- of the style. Um, as I don't have any, like for instance, any button down shirts or any collared blouses. So the traditional vest isn't something that makes as much sense 
sort of for me. So I need to sort of expand that concept. The uh, the bracken I do have worn, and I wear that over a long sleeve t shirt. I've also worn it over um, a tunic dress. So a kind of a, a little bit of an oversized tunic dress and I'd put it on unbuttoned and it's really cute to add a level of color because mine is a kind of a greeny citron color, citron meets green. So yeah. I, um, it, it does a lovely, it's like a nice pop of color over this denim-y colored tunic. So yeah. that's, that's sort of the, the ones that I've done. Other than that, it's mainly I've knit vests for babies. They look really cute on babies. They do. <laughs> um, and then what are the, you have a couple. Are you wearing the Alita shell right now? Yeah, the Alita shell by Bon Marie Burns. So it's knit in um, mono silk blend. And it's a fitted style. It's the bodice has a knit, uh, knit one pearl four ribbing and an overlapped mm. bodice. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just knit down. I forget if it's knit bottom up. I think it's knit bottom up. Um, just really simple. I wear this a lot at work mm-hmm. with skirts and either a t-shirt underneath it or a button-down shirt. <laughs> Teenagers have come school, home. School is out. You your school. school day, yeah, your school day ends. Uh, your kids get home early. Are you close From to your high school? school? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They start at seven. Oh, 15. my stars. Yeah, it's early. They, um, they need to be out by 2.15. So I wear this one a lot still. I think it was the first one I knit for vestuary in 2009. Mm-hmm. And then I have another one. It's Donegal Tweed Vest, <laughs> which did take me a long time to get through. Um, but that's the first frost by Heidi Kiermeyer. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting construction. The back, you knit the back, and then you knit the fronts down from the shoulder stopping like right above the bust and the fronts are knit you pick up pick up stitches from the back and they're knit vertically Mm -hmm. to the center and then there's a button band but in the Donegal tweed that's one I might actually knit again in something not quite as um stiff Mm -hmm. (laughs) but <clears throat> yeah, I think that would that. be a beautiful vest in like a, something a kettle dyed, you know, something like a like a Madeline Tosh, one of the single mm-hmm. colors, not the variegated yeah. ones, or a um, one of our listeners, January Yarns, has a beautiful line of uh, of she's semi solids that yeah. I think that would be stunning in. Yeah, I don't normally order stuff online, but I'm very yeah. tempted by her yarn. I know, me She's too. in our vestuary <laughs> group knitting the Laura vest out of a beautiful gray, and uh, I might have to get some of that. I've been thinking a little bit, too, about my, you know, I've talked about it knitting a um, Audrey and Unst for myself, and she has a gorgeous red that I have been looking at, um, and I would love to be able to see, see them in person. I think it's the kind of red that I'm looking for, but it's one of those things where I'm like, is it the red that I'm looking for? But um, it's beautiful work that she does. So Yeah. And actually, that's another benefit of a vest is that you can wear a color that you might mm-hmm. be overwhelmed with in a sweater, but something that's not quite as much fabric like a vest, uh, a little more wearable. And that first frost, I think, um, is another example of the sort of waistcoat. Uh, but you said you lengthened yours a lot. I lengthened mine a lot. Yeah, I think the um, 
it's an older pattern where, you know, a lot of the stuff was much shorter. And I think the distance from the under the arm to the hem was only nine inches, mm -hmm. which that's not a lot. That's mm -hmm. almost a cropped right. style. And I think it looks cropped in some of the early um, Versions. photos of yeah. it. Mine, I think I lengthened by at least four inches. Mm -hmm. And because even a, even a 12 inch kind of side seam is, is short for a lot of people. Right. And I have a long torso. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I know. And in the vest I'm knitting now in the Sandy Tilly or Sandy Togue version that I'm making, the high low in the front, I think I'm going to knit to 12 inches for the front with the idea that this yarn is probably going to grow a little bit in length because of the silk cashmere content. It's uh, pashmina. And so, uh, but, you know, I, I'm still on the fence and I have a, sh a shorter to torso to think of like, what is 12 inches going to be long enough? Is it going to seem too cropped in the front? But so. Well, you can, you can try that on, right? You can take it off the needles. I could put it, up. yeah, it isn't bottom up and I could just see where it falls. But I do, I might want to just hang it a little bit to see how the, the yarn is going to grow. I did block a swatch, but I didn't really pay attention to the row gauge. I suppose I could go back and look at that. I think it changes too from a swatch to the the full garment. Mm -hmm. I think that your row gauge is going to change when it's hung on the body versus mm -hmm. just a swatch that's right. maybe laid flat to dry. What's great or about even hung up. I decided to keep the swatch and I'm using it as a yarn ball sock. So I, it, I knit the swatch in the round and then I put the yarn in the center. So it's actually holding the skein together on this one. That's smart. Is it, does it, is it seamed on the bottom too? Uh, no, it's, it's just open. A little, but it holds it in there. It holds it in there. So it won't fall apart, at least on the sides. And especially I'm working with two balls because I've learned my lesson about uh, these kettle dyes. So I am uh, working from two balls in this way. I think I'm getting a little less of a yarn mess inside of my bag. Oh, I'm using, I just, I'll show it to, I just want to show it off to somebody because I don't think anybody's seen it. I'm using the bag I got from Zoe's Bag Boutique during the promotion we did uh, last at the end of the fall. Um, and this is a, a kind of a rare fabric, I think. It's called yarn, it. yarn Bomb. Yarn Bombing. Yeah, it's all yarn bombing. And uh, this bag, it's perfect for this size project. I think, I think I actually could probably fit another ball of yarn in here. Um, for that looks huge. Bigger. It's pretty, yeah, it's um, it's pretty good size. I think I could do a whole sweater in here. It's, yeah, I was going to say, it looks like sweater size. It's probably 18 inches tall or so, maybe 15, maybe 15 inches tall. I love the fabric. That was definitely designed by a knitter. Yep, I love it too. And it's this great bag. It has the zippers on the outside, and then it has little pockets on the inside too to keep things in. Of course, I've only been knitting at this at home, so there's really nothing besides the project in here right now. Um, I wanted to talk for a moment. Well, let's wrap up this. I want to just give like maybe a couple minutes to sewing, which I don't think we've talked about in a while because I've been off sewing. But Deborah, you are also a sewer, so I thought we could give a minute. But for vestuary, we're ending at the end February 28th. Do you want to when right. is, when is that thread going to close? The thread, I think I said on. Um in the thread that I was going to do the drawing on March 5th. And okay. that gives people enough time to, you know, get a finished photo op up. Cause I know sometimes you finish the day of, and then, you know, the stars don't align the next day for taking photographs. So March 5th, we'll do the drawing for prizes. 
So we have three prizes. Um, you very generously donated a copy of Vest Bets, I think is the name of the book. <laughs> yeah, it's the Cascade, um, uh, it's the Cascade uh, yeah. Vest book. Yeah, there's some cute patterns in that book. That's for uh, really someone in the U.S. who finishes. Um, and then we are both donating a pattern of your choice to be uh, a, a Ravelry downloadable pattern. Mm -hmm. um, and your prize is for a non-U.S. Finish, finisher, and my prize will be for a U.S. finisher. And I have to figure out how exactly we have to talk about how to okay. do that drawing because okay. I've never done it before. Okay. But, um, yeah, make sure you have... Um, a finished photo posted on your project page and have your project tagged with Vestuary 2015 by March 5th. Okay. Yeah. And I can set that up, the, how to pull those together. I can show you how to do that. Um, Before we move off vests. Yes. Men in vests. Oh, men in vests. Yes. Yes. I, I love what you wrote about this. I, I think men in vests look great and I would love to knit one for my husband. But he says, over my dead body. Yeah, my, my husband so, would never, ever wear a vest. Now, why is that? My husband, I think, thinks because they're for old men. Like a shawl is for a old lady. Old yeah, I think my husband is, I think it has to do with size. Like, honestly, I think bigger men look better in vests. My mm. husband is very... Um, narrow I don't know like I don't want to say he's skinny because he's you know like a normal size guy but he's yeah he's slim slim and um I think a vest I I can't see him in a vest but he has a very defined funny sense of his own sense of style I could see my brother in a vest I don't know if he would accept that but my brother has a little bit more of an – I hate to say this because this plays into what you just said. He has a little bit more of an old man style. That's why I could make him that shawl-collared yeah. sweater, you know. Um, well, but, maybe my husband will go for it in 20 years. Yeah, maybe he just he needs to be a grandpa. <laughs> um, but I think there is, like, different – it really is their personal – it's all it, – even though I think we have this sort of sexist perspective, or I do, that men don't have their own sense of style, they really do. It's kind of like children. You don't think children know what they like, but they know what they like, and, you know, so do men, even when it comes to clothes, even when you think, really, that's what you're wearing? <laughs> um, but, like, with John, he really – I knit him a sweater – it's the saddle-shouldered Elizabeth Zimmerman sweater. It's a nice sweater. And he would love for me to knit him another sweater. It was just like that one. But I have to say, I, I commend your husband's good taste and my husband's good taste. He wants it in a natural. He's like, I want it in a natural black. And I was like, you know that that. And he's like, I know that that's brown. I know that there's not a natural black fleece. And I was like, okay. But he wants like a natural, um, like sheepy wool same exact sweater, you know, like they just, that's what it is. But, uh, your husband, it sounds like he's might let you knit him a cable. That cabled hat is pretty elaborate. Yeah. He gave me the go ahead for that. Yeah. <laughs> I figure uh, if he doesn't like it, I'd wear it. And I, like, when I think about like the sporty, the sporty vests, I think, Oh, would, would he wear that? Um, but no, like I, I don't think he would even wear that. My kid would though. My kid, I, well, my, yeah, so maybe I'll just wait and knit vests for my son. It's it's much more, uh, in a lot of ways, a lot easier than knitting the sweater, right? 
I think little boys, especially not that Adrian's little anymore, yeah. not little, little, but little boys look so cute oh, in vests. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I knit the Peepo Pie uh, vest uh, by Julie Caparco. Uh, for... I, I love the name. I love the name of that pattern. It's yeah. It is so cute. It's so cute. Because again, I like here playing into that. I'm like, it's like a baby, but he's an old man. I don't know. <laughs> and it doesn't have the same implication for women. So I okay, maybe that's it. Maybe that cultural thing. And maybe if more men were knitters, they could get rid of that. We could get rid of that stigma like we've done with shawls. Um, but to touch on sewing. So I had made this bag and then you were very inspiring and you knit some project bags recently from a great pattern I, that someone from our boards pointed you towards that I had never seen before. Yeah, it's called the um, Open Wide Zippered Pouch, and it's a free tutorial. From Noodle, Noodle Head, I believe. Uh, Noodle? I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so here's one. I have keep my soft project in it. And it was really simple. I mean, even for a beginner sewer who's never put in a zipper, mm -hmm. you could follow this tutorial. Um, and it's it's just elaborate enough mm -hmm. you know but very functional especially because of the way the zipper is installed um it kind of goes out past the the body edge right the body so when the zipper is fully open the the bag opens all the way mm -hmm. so it's really easy to get out because you were what you were talking about with your um fructose hat when you pull it out of the bag it's so easy to pull stitches off the needle but because it's open so wide um, it's really functional as a knitting bag. So yeah, I made three of these in like a weekend. It was. You had said that you what you'd wanted was something large enough for a sweater. Now that the largest size you feel fit a sweater. No, no. Um, the largest size, which I don't have right in front of me, held this Tilly up until recently. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm going to upsize it a little bit more and make a, a sweater size. Mm -hmm. But if you were just carrying one piece of a sweater, mm -hmm. I mean, this is almost a whole sweater's worth of yarn right here. But if you just had one piece of a sweater at a time and your ball of yarn, the, the largest size, I think, would be sufficient for that. You just have to leave everything else separate. And if you're into bag knitting, um, knitting, sewing, uh, Noodlehead has a number of for sale patterns that are, all of them are great. They're very... Oh, really? I didn't know that. They have, they're very modern looking and clean. Um and she's into the kind of big tote. And so I think any of them would be great. She has one called the poolside tote that I've been really tempted to make that's, that could also kind of function as like a knitting basket. It's big, so you could have a lot of stuff in it. So like if you were going on vacation and you want to take three projects with you, you could toss them in there and have like an on-the-go knitting basket to take with you. Um, and the, a couple others, I actually, I can't remember the name of the one that I recently was like, no, this is the one I'm going to actually make. But if you look on there, I think there's, there's a bag that speaks to, to anybody. And again, I think she has some that have a zipper top. So there's there different options and they, they are the thing that frustrates me. I've just gotten to a point, I think as a sewer where it's hard to print out those downloadable patterns. It's not hard. It's just a pain to print out the downloadable patterns and tape them together and do the whole rigmarole when sometimes I just want to get started on something. And I don't have a printer at home. So it's not like if I'm, if I'm struck by inspiration one evening, I can't really get started the next day unless I'm going to go to work and print it out and do all that work beforehand. Right. <clears throat> but, it, but a bag should probably be just 
you know, dimensions to cut and not necessarily a pattern that you'd have to cut depending yeah. on. I think there's like sometimes the there's a couple of pieces. Yeah, I should look at them. I should see. They all might be straightforward enough to do. Um, and I've, I had a sewing day a couple of days ago and I made myself another pair of leggings that I actually completely finished. My first pair of leggings that I made, I never hemmed the bottom um, and I hemmed the bottom on these and they look great. I made red leggings. They're really comfortable. Um, I'm so happy to have discovered how to do this because I like to wear tights, but I don't need the foot because I wear clogs and I, I mean, nylon tight fabric is not cozy and cotton spandex is much cozier. I feel like I'm wearing pants almost, you know, like I feel covered when I wear them in a way that Mm -hmm. tights don't do. And then I um, am about halfway through um, sewing up the Moneta dress, which is a Colette pattern for, uh, it's a knit dress, which um, the the main pattern picture is, uh, is sleeveless, but I'm actually knitting one with short sleeves. And actually I think it's even shorter than what's shown on the pattern, but I, the knit dress is, um, that's cute. I really like to wear it. It's comfortable. It's perfect for work. This has pockets. So, <laughs> Is it just uh, pullover or is yeah, there a zipper? No, nope, it's pullover because it's, it's uh, knit fabric. And so I am to the point where I need to shear the waistband and then assemble the waistband to the top and then hem it and I'm done. So I should have a new dress when I go back to work next week, which is um, exciting. Um, hopefully it will fit well. Um, if so, I think I could make a couple more because it, it really is a style that is easily wearable. I chose kind of a crazy rayon knit fabric with a Missoni style zigzag on it. Um, I think that, um, I might knit, make a couple in a solid color because I could then accessorize in a way like I make a, like a black one and a red one or something. And you can make the Laura vest to go over it. There we go. <laughs> That's how Cerulea styled her Laura vest over, oh, over a, a cute little dress. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, a couple other, I actually have a, a another dress cut out, which is the Darlene Ranges dress, which is a dress I tried to sew a few years ago before I had been sewing a lot. And I tried to knit it on this very slippery, almost rayon feeling, but it was said it was a cotton uh, fabric that just was a disaster. So I am knitting it in a straight quilting cotton that I thrifted. And since that pattern came out, it's Megan Nielsen. She has posted a lot of um, suggestions. And one is that it was incredibly low cut. And so there's some advice about how to raise the neckline. <laughs> it's a shirt dress. And so I just, I felt like I didn't need to reveal that much. So I've raised the neckline on it and changed the, where the waist hit because I didn't, the waist was, is it's like a empire waist and I wanted it to be more at my natural waist. So I've made some changes. It's in a crazy quilting cotton, but a wearable muslin if it works out. Okay. So I'm hoping maybe to get that. I'm a little nervous about sewing buttonholes on a finished object that then I cannot come, I cannot come back from that if, if anything goes wrong. So We'll try it out on a piece of scrap fabric yeah, first, obviously. Yeah. A few times. I might spend a whole day trying it out on scrap fabric before I move ahead. So um, I'm trying not to let the sewing completely subvert my knitting because I feel like I'm in a knitting groove. I don't want to end that, but it's nice to get the sewing machine out and do a couple of projects. Yeah, so. it is fun. Well, you inspired me to do that. I, I was a sewer before I became a knitter. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I used to knit, I used to sew a lot of clothing and had gotten away from it when my kids were little because I couldn't keep things, pins and scissors and stuff out. And that's where I got to knitting. Do you have your own sewing room or I how do. do you keep that? I we, mean, Adrian's older now, but. We have um, like a closed, a, a finished porch basically was the back porch of this house at some point and they finished it. Um, so it's not insulated, but it is a room. And actually there's two rooms and one room is uh, the art room for Adrian. And so having them in tandem has really helped. So he could be working in his space while I'm working in my space and he doesn't as much want to come into my space and get in the middle of it. It's been great though, because it's also inspired him to want to do sewing projects. Um, uh, it's just sometimes drawing the line with him and saying, you know, I can't stop what I'm doing because you have decided you need to make a whale shark stuffy right this minute so um although that's a bad example because i did stop and we made the whale shark stuffy but um that helps um you were the one i think who gave me the advice when i kind of lamented when he was a baby about that problem and you said this this too shall pass you know he will be older someday you'll be able to get back to sewing and um it definitely helps and it helps to have the separate space and it also because of our schedules, I occasionally have these, you know, an afternoon where he's at school and I can sew for a couple hours and not have him up in my business. So (laughs) have you done much garment sewing? Not lately. No, Mm -hmm. but I used to sew a lot of my clothes. I used to do tailored jackets and pants and I, yeah, I don't know if I could still do that. I, that was a different lifetime, but (laughs) I would love to sew like some of the simple dresses and stuff. The patterns today are so cute. Um, more the independent patterns mm-hmm. that I've seen mm-hmm. mostly through your blog. Are you still doing your sewing blog? I think that that's like May of every year. I'll probably do that <laughs> blog, right? That's like the time where the me made May kind of comes out and I can blog a little bit more about it. Yeah. But yeah, now that I kind of, you know, opened that door and got back to my sewing machine a little, I can, I can definitely see going back to that some more. So. That's great. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on and spending some time with me on the podcast this morning. Um, It's been great talking to you. Oh, it's been great talking to you. And I think everyone out there will understand that, you know, what a thrill it is to talk to one of the hosts of my favorite knitting podcast. So thank you. And thanks, Jenny, for letting me sit in your chair. I hope all is going well with uh, the new baby. And when you do come back, Jenny, if you ever want to tell us the story behind your kids' names, uh, <laughs> we'd love to hear it. I've decided Great. that they're just children out of a storybook. That's really, they are. It's right? Like, they are. Yeah. So, characters in a book. Yeah, both of them. So thanks for listening. Um, the Like we said, the vestuary names will be drawn on March 5th, for those of you who are participating in that. And for the hat cal, just... Um, Look in our group about the the rules because I always will mess them up if I have to say them. But basically, you have to tag with the appropriate tag. Make sure that that, that it's moved to a finished object and that you have a finished object picture. And I will draw from everything that fits those qualifications. And if you don't get it in by February, I mean, sorry, March first, then you just hold it over and put it in for the next month's drawing because there will be another drawing. So uh, there's you know. You don't have to worry about getting stressed out about that. So, all right. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to sign off now. Bye-bye. Some men hunt for sport. Others hunt for food. The only thing I'm hunting for is an outfit that looks good. 
vest, see my vest, made from real gorilla chest. Feel this sweater, there's no better than authentic Irish setter. See this hat, it was my cat, my evening wear, vampire bat. These white slippers are albino, African endangered rhino. Grizzly bear underwear, turtle's necks, I've got my share. Beret of poodle on my noodle, it shall rest. Try my red robin suit, it comes one breast or two. See my vest, see my vest, see my vest. Like my loafers, former gophers, it was that. I skin my chauffeurs, but a greyhound for tuxedo would be best. So let's prepare these dogs. Yo, two for matching dogs. See my vest, see my vest. Oh, please, won't you see my vest? I really like the vest. I gathered, yeah.